Welcome to the Radically Aligned Show. I'm your host, Dieter Suriani. This is the show that covers topics of spirituality, love, relationships, impact, and everything in between. Welcome to the show where there is no filter and nothing is left off the table. And every episode is guaranteed to take you on a journey deep within yourself. Welcome to the Radically Aligned Show, and let's get this one started. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm really excited to dive into this throwback Thursday recording as this episode was recorded at the end of 2019. And let me tell you, when my friend James and I were in this conversation, we had no idea of what was just around the corner of what was going to happen not only internally within ourselves, but also collectively in the world. So let's join in this conversation today on the topic of baggage, checking out the baggage that we may be carrying in areas of our life that potentially could be weighing you down. The things that have happened in your past that you're carrying with you in the here and now that are weighing you down and preventing you from really showing up in the present moment in time. The topic of surrendering, it's so relevant right now with so much change that's been happening in the world of having to surrender and let go and get out of our own way from a space of knowing that we have no control over certain things that are going on in the world. We also talked about the topic of letting go of the past forgiving ourselves and really giving ourselves permission to show up as the most authentic version of who we are. And as I mentioned, we had no idea of what was just around the corner. And this conversation, this episode is more relevant than ever before because collectively we've had this time to reassess, to look deeper within ourselves, to have to look at parts of our life that may not be congruent and baggage potentially that we've been holding on to that is time to let go of. So join me in this conversation, this throwback Thursday episode that was recorded at the end of 2019 with my good friend, James Mel, as we dive into topics of baggage, surrender, letting go of the past, forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, and the topic of authenticity, which can be difficult to have sometimes and look at ourselves and say, where am I incongruent? Where am I not really showing up as who I am? So let's dive into this week's episode. So I'm really stoked. I got my good friend here, James Mel's in the house. Awesome to be here. I'm super excited. Yeah. So we had some fast conversations. Uh, we we're just uh, driving up to Big White with some friends and I was just like, James, will you be on my podcast? I'm relaunching. And he didn't want to be at first. Well, like, how do you feel about this? So I'm not very a spontaneous person. I like to have things structured, planned out in advance. And Deidre's like, guess what? I brought my Yeti microphone and a laptop and maybe we'll record a podcast. And I think it's always good to get outside of your comfort zone. So we're trying this out. No script, nothing. I don't know where it's going to go. You you don't know where it's going to go either. So let's see where it goes. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the... <laughs> You just make me laugh so hard all the time. And you're going to laugh because James is hilarious. So James, tell us a little bit about you and something that you're currently like really like excited about personally working on in your life. Like let's start there. 
Yeah, wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I like the loaded questions. <laughs> Let's go start there. Well, I didn't realize this podcast is going to be a five-hour episode, but hopefully, hopefully you guys can stick with us. No, in all seriousness, though, something I'm working on right now, I'm, I'm really excited because we're a couple days away from 2020. Not only a new year, but a new decade. And oh my gosh, there's been so much different stuff come up for me. I know in our conversations, Deidre, a lot has come up for you. Some of our friends that were at this cabin with a lot coming up for everybody. And I feel this energy, not to get too woo woo, but just of a really fresh new beginning. And one of the things I've really been working on myself is myself. No <laughs> pun intended, but I'm the type of person I'm most well known for being an entrepreneur. And I've spent a large part of my life really focused on my entrepreneurial endeavors and done really, really well with it, super successful with it. And I'm really proud of that. But in the process, in a way, I've sort of lost myself and neglected myself in a certain way. And that's where I'm still obviously very focused and inspired by my mission and life and my professional career. But I've also really, probably to answer your question directly, most excited about working on myself, something I've been doing for the past year. And I feel like I've just scratched the surface on it and things are just going to go even deeper into this. New Year 2020. So, Amazing. yeah. Yeah. So, we were in the kitchen the other day and we were talking about, oh, so many things, being an empath and feeling mm -hmm. everything. And we we're talking to one of our friends about, you know, sometimes as an empath, because a lot of, I know a lot of listeners here are deep feelers, we're the deep mm -hmm. feelers that feel a lot. And you might be on your mission and, you know, going forward and then, and then you can have a relationship throw you off. You can maybe be overcompensating and overgiving to others and, and throw yourself off. So personally in my life, one of the things that I've really had to work on is notice where am I doing the work for other people as a way of pushing away from me doing the work on myself and what my true mission is. Mm -hmm. And so for you, you're the opposite, like mission focused, go, 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 go. And now you're like doing the internal work of that. So would you consider yourself an empath and, and can you relate to the being thrown off track by relationships, throwing you, you know, off or, or things in your life? How do you personally cope and what are you personally working through maybe in that space, if that's relatable? Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So um, <laughs> let's unpack this one at, one at a time. Do I consider myself an empath? Probably not naturally. I don't consider myself an empath. I'm probably more on like, I, I believe that there's two different types of people. Like there's more like the eye centered, like focused on what's important to them and staying on their path. And then there's more like the communal people, which mm -hmm. are more community oriented. We focus that type of thing. And for most of my life, I've actually been the eye centered person focused on what's important to me, my mission, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it served me really well in some ways. Uh, like I mentioned in, in business and my career, it, it's helped me get ahead to some extent. But then there came a time where as I'm evolving myself, it can get, I don't know what the word, right word is, but it can get a bit lonely, maybe you could say. And it's also as I'm evolving, as I'm maturing and we're all growing, we're all evolving. I've learned that it's not about being on one end of the extreme or the other as much as it's finding like a center. And now what I found, Deidre, is that as I'm, I'm actually working the most on being more empathetic in my own life, not only with my own self and my own feelings, but other people's feelings. And it's been amazing because it feels like I'm discovering this whole other part of me that I didn't even know I had. It's like discovering I have legs for the first time, whereas I only thought I had arms. Wow. And I feel like I'm becoming more holistic because of it. And as a result, 
what I'm now learning is because I'm, I'm a bit of a black and white person too, like very sort of, <laughs> I guess, masculine energy, like very focused driven on one thing at a time. And what I'm learning is that it's not an either or, and it's more like two dials on the, I don't know, volume thing where you can turn each one up and down. And because I've been working on myself and understanding this, I now can identify different situations where I'm uh, able to like tune into like, hey, you know what? I've got to really take the reins here and be more eye driven because that's what this situation needs. Or, you know what? This requires a bit more empathy and I got to turn that dial up. And having those skills like both sides of them has been really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's interesting, as you said that from one side to the other, because oftentimes if we're getting out of a relationship, at least what I noticed from one relationship to another, I would go from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can do that in life. We can go from one extreme to the other because we're like, oh, this is bad. This is wrong. We can have shame. We can have guilt for like seeing our weaknesses, our gray areas, and then going on the total other side of it. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting time. So as we move into 2020, a lot of empaths are feeling a lot of shit come up to the surface. And what I like to call this is the tornado, the tornado effect of like, oh man, like there's all this stuff that's sorting. And like when stuff is sorting. So if you're listening to this right now and you consider yourself an empath or maybe not, but you're noticing as we come close to the end of the year and you're listening and hearing all these motivational speakers talk about what are your goals for 2020, move it forward, like be in that mindset, but you have all this stuff surfacing. It's actually a good thing because it's a self-sorting time for you. And we were talking about surrender, like surrendering to what is and loving the shit tornado that you're in. And I've I've personally found that a lot in 2019. And so for you, if we talk about the tornado, self-sorting, surrendering, like what has your experience been? And, And if you have anything to share as far as like, you know, insights, as far as how people can start to let go and surrender, what would they be? Yeah. And so before we dig into that one thing, I just want to highlight of what you just mentioned. And and you actually taught me this recently and just sort of reminded me of it is how important it is not to label things. And so it's as we have in this conversation and whatnot, it's interesting because I can see we're using labels like empath or being more self-focused or self-centered or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I see how that can sometimes, it can be dangerous if, if you paint yourself as that, because then you'll identify with it and then you'll go out into the world and be like, oh, well, I'm an empath. So I'm supposed to be this way or I'm the opposite. Right. And what I've actually come to realize with all the personal work I've been doing myself lately is that we all have all of these things inside of us. They're Mm -hmm. all parts of us. Maybe just some aren't dialed in as much as others, but we all have the capacity for each one of it. And so, yeah, I I think it's important to just for our own self, not to get too, I don't know, label-y type thing. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you you really helped point that out in me the the other day. So that's that. Um, So then the other question we're talking about surrendering toward the tornado. Yeah. Tornado. And when the shit arises and you're just like, Oh man, I really want to be focused on my goals. And, and Mm. then all of your stuff is arising. What do you do? Do you like, do you, do you run? Do you deal with it? Like, how do you face it in a way that's really healthy for you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting to say that because one of the things that I've been working on myself, I'm like anybody else, I, I have like high standards. I'm sure everybody reading this too. Like I have a high standards. I put a lot of stress on myself for most of my life. At the time of recording this, I'm 36 years old. And so I just see how putting those high standards on myself have really, I think, caused a lot of like stress and anxiety for me because it's almost like this internal battle. And I can't remember. I actually just lost my train of thought where I was going with that. What was the original? The original question was, um, when your shit is oh, right. sorting, like right. how, do you, so that's, how do you got surrender? it? That's where I was. Um, that's what it was. You're, you're saying, how do you do that in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that 
I'm not always doing things in a healthy way because I put such a high expectation on myself before that I had to be perfect. Mm. So yes, I had to find that super healthy win. I'd beat myself up if I didn't do that. And one of the most freeing sort of liberating things for me, Deidre, in the past little while, as I've been working on myself and uncovering all this stuff is realizing I'm not perfect. Right. And you're not perfect. And none of us are perfect. And having compassion for ourselves and then other people Mm -hmm. so that I mean, I've learned some tools and, and I do the best I can in every situation when the tornado does come to be as, you know, um, like handle it the best mature focused, whatever way I can do it. But I just thought it is important to put that out there because since we're both personal, you know, public figures and whatever, it's easy for people listening to think, Oh my gosh, you've got it all dialed in and they're perfect. But, and it's just not the case. Um, at least if you're being authentic, you know, we could sit here and be like, yes, we're perfect. We got it dialed (laughs) in, but no, it's yeah. So with that out of the way, I guess some of the ways that I do cope with things when the tornado hits is, let me think about it. I would say what comes to mind for me, I was recently in Florida at an event called Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins. And it was an incredible event. Tony's Mm -hmm. been a huge mentor for me. And I know you've done some of his work too, Unleash the Power Within. We've talked about that. And he's got this saying up on the wall in a banner, and it's what you resist persists. And one of the things that I found, one of my, I guess you could say healthy coping mechanisms that have come up in a way to deal with this in a healthy way is when the tornado does, does hit, I embrace it. I accept it. And instead of like trying to push it away or be like, Oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? And going into like a victim loop or self fulfilling, like sabotage cycle, which is easy to do, especially if you got high standards on yourself and you're like perfectionistic. Like I can definitely relate to it's learning to embrace it and not be scared of it. And one of my mentors um, has a great analogy where mayor Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York. He talked about how he would practice remaining calm during crisis situations, literally practice for when that would happen because oftentimes when there's a crisis situation, was everybody do panic running all over the place? Where's the nearest exit? And we know that just leads to like a domino effect where then that's going to do everything else. And as a leader, myself, and I know you're a leader too, I've really embraced sort of like, how can I remain calm during the tornado situations? Because I don't want to freak anybody else out, (laughs) team members, friends, family, anybody else I might be associating with. So really trying to find that center within myself. And I, I find that comes with embracing and not resisting a tornado or a snowstorm or a tsunami or any of these other sort of poetic ways of describing, Mm -hmm. you know, like uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. The embracing is such a difficult thing to do sometimes when we've resisted ourselves for so long. When I was in Bali, I met this man in a sauna and he was talking about marrying himself and how he went through this ceremony of actually marrying himself. He Mm -hmm. proposed to himself on the beach. He like got a ring for himself and then he like had the full ceremony and I was like, wow. And we had this like really powerful moment where I just, I fully understood the integration of yourself and embracing all that you are because you're going to be with yourself all of the time. So to marry yourself as the deepest form of self-love and self-acceptance and embracing the shit. And, and also it's a gift. It's such a gift. And when we're in this tornado, it can be for me, at least it's been so difficult to embrace parts of myself because I pushed them away for so long. So in the tornado, like for me, it's about surrendering. It's about letting go. And 
just being in the emotional flow of it because you're going to get tossed around. And if you try to control it, you're going to burn more energy. You're going to get beat up more, you know, more shit's going to hit the fan. You're going to create more chaos. But eventually when the tornado settles, once you felt it all and embraced it fully, everything clears and you can see clearly it's like, Oh wow. Like I'm safe. I'm on the ground. I'm grounded. Now I have all these options of where I can go, but if we're constantly resisting it, we're in the tornado and it, it essentially prolongs it for a long period of time. So if you're in a space right now and you are trying to create goals, trying to get on track for the new year, trying to do all of these things, but it's just not happening. How can you embrace the storm a little bit more? How can you settle into it and look at those parts of yourself that maybe you don't want to look at? I've done a lot of that lately where I'm like, I don't want to look at this part of myself. And I really love that you were talking about what you resist persists because, oh my gosh, is it ever right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, man, it's here again. It's here again. Yeah. And it will keep coming up. Like that's the thing is if if you don't embrace it, if you don't work on it, if you don't face some of this stuff, in my experience anyways, it's going to keep coming up over and over and over again. And you might convince yourself, oh my gosh, this time it's different. Right. But it's not really going to be different if you haven't changed yourself and if you haven't really embraced it. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in a hard time right now and you're facing all of this, feel the damn feelings, give yourself that space, that permission. Do you have anything else to say in regards to that? When it comes to, um, I think what I've realized is we sort of naturally want to avoid difficult situations or the tornado, or we want things to just be like super, super like unraveling or whatever. And one of the lessons I've learned from my real estate business. So I invest in real estate, as you know, I built up a great real estate portfolio over the last decade. And when I first started that, because of my perfectionistic tendencies came up, I didn't want any problems. And when problems came up, I actually took it personally. Like, oh my gosh, the faucet was leaking a little bit or the proverbial toilet got clogged or a piece of the siding fell off. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I would literally freak out and get anxiety and all these different things. Mm -hmm. But as I grew that portfolio and continue getting new investment properties, I started to realize like, oh my gosh, of course stuff like this is going to happen. And then what I realized, Deidre, is, is that instead of trying to fight it and try and like, you know, make these things not happen, like trying to prevent them. What I realized is, wait a second, things like that are going to happen. And so I started budging it into my business and into my life. So I just knew, Hey, you know what? Once every couple months, there's going to be a situation. I don't have to freak out about it. The tenant isn't, you know, in most cases isn't doing something bad. It's just the natural wear and tear of a property. And the minute I embrace that and just sort of budget it in all this anxiety and weight off my shoulders, just like came off because I knew that this is going to happen. It's okay. We're going to be able to deal with it and everything goes okay. And that's allowed me personally to then keep my eye on the prize, so to speak. So instead of being in this constant state of like fear, anxiety, fight or flight, oh my gosh, when this might this come up, I'm able to know this is going to come up. And instead I'm focused on growing my portfolio. Right. And I think you can take that same sort of example with your personal life, with your business life, with any, anything is, Mm -hmm. is know that there is going to be tornadoes that come up once in a while and you're going to be able to deal with them, work through it and then keep moving on. And to keep your eye on the prize, keep your eye on like your goals or whatever it is you're really trying to accomplish versus like what's going wrong or right. 
And we've had a lot of conversations about relationships lately with our friends and, and just personally talking about them and how sometimes avoiding conflict mm. is, you know, like communicating our needs, communicating where we're at, even if we're going through something mm-hmm. and dealing with things as they come up rather than avoiding them. So it's like, just like that in business, just like that in life, just like mm-hmm. that with your, our emotions, we have to feel them in order to move through them. And, and what are these tornadoes? What are these situations trying to teach us for you in your business? It's like, Oh, this is going to happen. I got to be prepared for this. I got to mm-hmm. be more skilled. I got to, you know, not take this personally. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you do now. Mm-hmm. But same with like in our personal relationships, like, we take things so personally that we make it all about ourselves. And when we make it all about ourselves, we're missing the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you internalize it and take every, yeah. And that's, that's right? been, um, I think it takes a conscious effort to not make everything about yourself. <laughs> right. And so yeah. it's a, it's a really good point. That's something I've been obviously working on, on myself. And I think the more you get in touch with, I mean, geez, just to go, since we're going in that direction, I would say codependence is a freaking epidemic these days. Yes. And that's what leads to a lot of this different stuff. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is like, it's, it's, um, we talked about this. Everybody is doing the best they can with what they've got. And as I work on myself, one of the things I've really done is like go back sort of generationally and sort of study my parents and their parents and understand. And it's given me a lot more compassion for, for where things are. And also realizing that just like a lot of stuff we don't get taught in school, like we don't get taught how to invest in school. We don't have, get taught how to like buy a house, mortgage, interest rates. At least I didn't. Mm-hmm. None of that sort of stuff. These are basic like human sort of survival things too, right? We learn about other things, but a lot of times I think unfortunately we don't get always taught some of these other emotional things, definitely not in school Mm -hmm. and sometimes not from our parents and because they didn't get taught it. And so I think if that's the case, which it is for a lot of people, I know there's certain blind spots I've got because of that and some, a lot of my friends and whatnot, it's important to do that work on yourself so you can understand it Mm -hmm. versus sweeping it under the cover, pretending it doesn't happen. And then that leads to some unproductive ways. So yeah, that's beautiful. And we were talking about authenticity the other day, like what is authenticity? So we were talking about how, so back in the day, Mm -hmm. when I say back in the day, I mean like five years ago, (laughs) I was like the happiest person everyone knew. And to me, before I had the awareness that I was super fake and not living my truth and all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. I was authentic for where I was at and like wherever we're at without the awareness, we are authentic based on where we're at. So we were talking about what is authenticity and what is it not? So I love just to crack that open on, on your perspective and your journey of becoming more authentic and also the illusion of what is versus what is not who Mm -hmm. we truly are. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one, which I'm still working on myself Mm -hmm. because what I've realized is that one of the things I've, and I think we all maybe can relate to this, but growing up, we get these things that are programmed into us that we think we should do that other people want us to do, whether it's parents, friends, the media, the actors in Disney movies. <laughs> and we think this is who we're supposed to be, but really it's not what we want. But when we have these authority figures that are sort of projecting on this, I know I was super malleable when I was younger. And so I looked up to people and that sort of stuff. You can adopt some of those things. And that's a lot of what I'm unpacking right now is realizing like, oh my gosh, I've had to come to grips with uh, some of the things I've done in my life 
haven't necessarily been true to me, but it's who I thought I was supposed to be, right. who maybe my parents wanted me to be, mm-hmm. or who I thought I had to be for friends or other people. And that's hard to admit. Mm-hmm. That's hard to admit. But I think the awareness of that is the first step. And so now what I've been able to do, and I'm still chipping away at this, is sort of backwards engineer that, having that awareness, and then now taking off those layers, just like right now, you know, we're going to go skiing later or whatever, and we've got multiple layers on because it's cold outside. And it's about taking off those other layers, and it doesn't happen right away. So this is a process I've been doing for like the past year. And I think or at least I'm told by the people that are helping me out, once you strip down these layers, that's when you can get to the true level of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And for me, Deidre, one of the things that has helped me out the most on my journey so far, and this sounds somewhat cliche or whatever, but it's getting in touch with my own feelings, which is easier said than done, especially as a man, I can say, oh my gosh, that's hard. And it's scary because it's vulnerable and it's all these things. And we have insecurities come up and all this sort of stuff. But at the minute I get in touch with my feelings, then I get a more, I don't know, sense of what's actually true for me. And that's only step one, because then you have to be able to communicate that to others and you have to put boundaries in place and all sorts of different things. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's deep. This is like, this is so beautiful that you're sharing this because mm. This comes down to, so when we go deep into the authenticity and connecting with our true self, as you're mentioning, it's about taking the layers off and you can feel naked and vulnerable in these states of really connecting with yourself and maybe your past and present of what is aligned, what isn't aligned. And this comes down to radical, honest, being radically honest with yourself. And most people don't necessarily want to do the work. And the more work that I've done to be totally transparent, the more I'm like, wow, when I had no idea that this was going on, I was a lot happier in a lot of ways because I'm faced with having to deal with the truth. I'm faced with having to go there. So it starts off with like having the courage to do the work and which is very difficult. Let's be honest to feel the feelings, to go there, to uncover them, to be honest with yourself. And then be honest with other. And this takes courage, the courage of showing up for yourself and looking at the areas of your life, as you were mentioning before, of like codependency of patterns, of programmings, of who you think you should be and having to reset that. I know on my journey, when I went through a divorce and went through a lot of big life transitions, you know, three to five years ago, I had to get radically honest with myself. And it was like losing a chunk of hair, manifesting disease, having my soul tell me, you're going to die of cancer in a year if you don't change your life. And I was like, whoa, that was like my wake up call of knowing if I didn't change, if I didn't do the deeper work, if I didn't sit with myself, I knew that everything was going to come crashing down because it was my soul was communicating to me, but I wasn't listening. And so that was a lot of deep work of going on that journey of unraveling, of being honest with myself and then having to like, you know, take off the mask. And say, wow, I created a life that wasn't mine. And that was a really hard moment for me. And and then building on from that. So for you, I'd love to hear what was like a rock bottom moment or a wake up call for you? Because you said a year ago, all this stuff has, you know, unraveled. Like what was a wake up call for you that really allowed you to start taking off the mask and taking off the layers and, and going within? Wow. I would say, yeah, there's uh that's interesting. Okay. What has been a rock bottom or a moment where you were like, wow, I need to make a big shift here. Yeah. I think for me, what I experienced was I grew up, I grew up very independent and I, I intimacy was always a bit of a challenge for me because 
it wasn't necessarily modeled in my childhood upbringing with my parents and whatnot. And I didn't know any of this at the time or whatever. And so my parents were always very achievement focused and that was great. It served me. I went on and, and accomplished some great things, but it was, it was always achievement focused. And you combine that with my parents were also more of like that tough love type where it was just like, you want to go to the movies? We'll go get a paper route and pay for your way to the movies. Or you want to learn how to drive? We'll go sign up for young drivers and pay 600 bucks and learn how to drive. And it's like, man, I'm 15 years old. I don't have 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. So I didn't learn how to drive until I was like 23 years old. So those are a couple examples. But at the same time, that was very hard to go through. But it taught me how to be very independent. At the same time, though, it taught me how to, or didn't teach me it, my coping mechanism for that Deidre was not really being able to lean on and trust other people. And that all sort of came to a head on when I was in college and I was in college and I was like, okay, I'm doing my degree here. And I was going to get into a relationship because I wanted to start a life. And I fell in love with my first serious relationship. And that was great. I thought things were going well. And then the rock bottom moment hit. And you can probably guess what this was, but she cheated on me. And that was really difficult for me. And that combined with my upbringing, I didn't know how to process it. I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it with friends. I thought all these different things came up. But I remember in that time, my coping mechanism was, I am never going to let this happen to me again. I am never going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to be vulnerable, where I'm going to let this happen to me again, because this was the worst possible thing ever. And so here I had, you know, my parents growing up who I couldn't really lean on and I was trying to impress. And then this girl who I fell in love with and then she cheated and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I literally kind of made it my subconscious mission to build up my life over the last little while where I wouldn't have to rely on anybody else. Wow. I wouldn't get too close. Even if they were guy friends or intimate relationships, I always had to have like one foot out the door to be safe. And that all was sort of great. I don't even know. It wasn't even great. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's painful for me a little bit to relive this. And so, um, but that sort of happened. And then what, then what happened? So that's part of the reason why I got into business. And earlier in this episode, we talked about how I was more of a I centered person. Because I didn't know how to be we centered and I didn't quite trust myself or others. So the only way I knew how to cope and survive was to be like, all right, James, we'll focus on you and just make sure to take care of yourself because you'll always be there for yourself. Right. And that's what I did for like 10 years. But here's the thing is that I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. I built a large business, made lots of money, had the penthouse suite downtown Vancouver, had the beautiful aquarium. I had kombucha on tap that would get filled up. <laughs> Once Come a week on tap an aquarium. I love Literally, you, like <laughs> you know, the assistant who would make my meals. I didn't have to leave the 27th penthouse condo if I didn't want to. Right. And at the same time, that means I didn't need anybody else in my life. I was totally self-sufficient, but it was really empty and there was no substance to it. It was all I realized like protection. It was all a way to just insulate myself from facing all these things because like we talked about before, nobody's perfect. And geez, being like 20 years old or whatever it was and going through that heartbreak and not having the support at the time. Well, I didn't have that, but it led me to this point where I was like, I'm not going to continue living like this because it wasn't really me. I'm not really this person that's detached from the world. 
I want to have relationships. I want to laugh. I want to, you know, develop, you know, intimacy and, and, but I didn't know how to do that. And so that's where I reached out for help. And I joined some groups. I joined support groups. I got a coach. I got a therapist. I started being more open about it. And just being, I guess you could say a bit more authentic about some of my imperfections, some of the things I was struggling with. And that is really sort of the rock bottom moment when I was there. And I was just like, man, this isn't who I want to be. This is how I want to show up. This is, can't do this for another 10, 20 years. Mm. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Wow. Yeah. The aquarium. <laughs> Yeah, it was beautiful. Concert. There was there was exotic fish in there. I would literally, like, literally, I would drive down to the United States to pick up these fancy corals and put wow. them in there. And it was just that. That's what I put some of my attention into at the time. It was, wow, yeah. it's, it's incredible what we do for like the quick fix of making ourselves feel safe or detaching yeah. from you know our pain and 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 things that are uncomfortable for us. And so for you, it was being work focused and oh yeah, and oftentimes it's the things that make us successful, which also come from our wounds of like, yeah. oh, I protected myself and and I can totally relate to you saying that, you know, being friends with people but not letting them get too close, you know, like at a young age, I started to develop this role that I played in my life of living a dual life and not letting people get too close to me because I had someone that was close to me who had an addiction and I didn't feel like I had people in my life and, and that lack of trust. And it's just super interesting how it can bring us down this road of being maybe the people pleaser. I was a people pleaser and I was like, Oh, I got to make sure everyone around me is happy. And we were talking about codependency. And that was my life of how can I make everyone else happy around me and not let them get too close? Cause I had a fear that they would see the truth, the truth that I didn't know who I was, the truth that I wasn't happy. And so for me, it also turned into work and focus and pretending Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. It's really exhausting, especially when you have to like sort of do activities and behaviors as a cover up mm-hmm. or like you mentioned, an addiction right. and get so deep down that rabbit hole to cover up what's sort of really going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I think it's also important to be easy on ourselves because we're all going through different things and it's hard to ask for help. I don't know about you, but I lived this way for 10 years mm-hmm. because I was afraid to ask for help. I was afraid to be vulnerable. I was afraid to like share with others like Hey, this is what's really going on for me because I had this program that I had to be perfect and that I didn't want something to be wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so for anybody listening right now, it's like, we're all going through things and be easy on yourself. And when you're in a situation where you don't maybe know how to handle it, or you feel something's off, ask for help. Yeah. Ask for help. And, ask um, for help. That's such a strength. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's beautiful because I know for me underneath it all, even though I was like pushing people away and had one. I always underneath it, kind of like you, like a bit of a people pleaser. I want to generally help people so mm-hmm. much, but mm-hmm. didn't always know how in my own insecurities and whatever. So you just got to, I think at some point, just drop that stuff and go for it. Take a chance. Mm-hmm. Take a chance on yourself. Yeah. And so one of the things that came up in conversation the other day too, we're going all over the place. I love this. So yeah. many good stories. <laughs> right. Yeah. Another thing that came up the other day was, um, we talked about codependency yeah. and I read this really great book years ago. Mm. That's called codependent no more. Mm. And the author, like Pia Melody? 
Yeah, yeah. Melody. Yeah. yeah. And um, it opened for me <laughs> to recognize the behavior of being codependent because I was always the people pleaser. I love to make everyone else happy. And I'm definitely an empath mm. with we're using, you know, yeah. you know, labels. And I always wanted everyone around me to feel good. So I would, I would overextend myself for other people's benefits. Mm. And so with that, when I read the book, I realized that, oh, I did this because I had someone in my life who had an addiction. Mm. And so that's where I learned it from. And people pleasers, this is something that we don't talk about as people pleasers, but sometimes people pleasers are the biggest assholes because they do all these things for other people. And I, I will say I was for sure. I had so much resentment towards others. I'm like, no one understands my boundaries. People are taking advantage of me. Like I was a victim all the time, but I wasn't able to communicate my needs because I never knew how to. And in return, I was like passive aggressive and had these behaviors that I wasn't conscious of. And so it's such, that's such a great book. If you find that you're not saying everyone's passive aggressive, but you probably are if you're a people pleaser, but it comes from different things, different imprints of maybe trauma and things that have happened in your childhood. And that book was such a pivotal moment of me reading and just understanding why I was the way I was and also taking some accountability for showing up. And also through this deeper work that I do now of realizing that when we're constantly going above and beyond for other people, and we're not establishing boundaries, we're teaching others how to treat us. And also if we're constantly going and saving people, as I was in conversation with a friend the other day, is that we're not allowing them to save themselves. And so this, this conversation about feeling and noticing what other people are going through, but not giving ourselves away and preventing them from growing. And one of the things that I can really appreciate from a memory that I had with my brother, when I was um, 19, I moved to Calgary. Like I remember packing up my car with everything that I owned, which was like nothing, (laughs) couple bags. And I was like, bye mom and dad, going to Calgary, bigger city. And there's all these different roads and highways. And anyways, one night I was going out with a friend. (laughs) I couldn't find my way back home to the apartment. And I I lived with my brother at the time, my older brother, Tyler. And, and, um, I remember calling him one night when I was driving away from the city lights, I was driving away from the lights Mm -hmm. and I was freaking out. I'm like, small town girl cameras it's drive through city basically and calling him and be like oh my gosh Tyler I don't know where I am like help right and he's like okay D like where are you what are you close to I'm like there's some Tim Hortons he's like okay gosh D like there's Tim Hortons everywhere right and I he's like you know what D I hate to do this like tough love right but I'm going to have to let you go. And you're going to have to figure this one out on your own. And like, I didn't have a GPS, didn't know where I was. I was driving away from, you know, Calgary and he hung up the phone on me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like what a jerk, you know? And this is me 19, like being in a small town, you know, all the things and then being out on my own and driving away from the lights. And it was such a good like piece of medicine. And my brother is very much like that in general. And I really appreciate people who are like that in my life now, because when we're forced to figure things out on our own, that's where we grow. That's where we get stronger. That's where we're able to be resilient and really show up. Like as you were talking about going into your emotions, understanding the better, knowing how to communicate who you are and what you want and all the things in your life and business and with, you know, your rentals and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that space of giving people that medicine of showing up for themselves and, And anyways, that's been a huge lesson and awakening within myself as this was like 10 years ago of 
when you could over like really support someone, can you actually step back and help them show up more fully for themselves? And that was like a big learning for me from my brother. And I don't know where I was going with this, but I just feel like that was a a pivotal moment for me with being codependent with, you know, as far as me always wanting to help other people and having my brother in my life, always being that person that's been tough love. So in your experience, have you found there's been any pivotal moments with you where maybe like for you, maybe you have a complete opposite experience, but what's, what's been a pivotal moment for you of like really stepping into your feelings or with codependency or anything where you've really had to, you've, you've been confronted with having to do the work for yourself. Like that's a small moment in my life, but it was very symbolic. Mm. <laughs> we yeah. talked about this earlier. I tend to go in, in circles, come back to the point. You're really precise. So you can give me right. a precise <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just allude to page 96 of Codependency No More since I've read that same book. And it's an amazing it's book. I think book. I think everybody should read it. She yeah. is an amazing author. And one of the things I've learned about... <laughs> you're going to make me laugh here, um, which isn't a bad thing. That's that's great. It's um, But I... I uh, <laughs> We should just go around in circles. We should just go on the merry-go-round. We won't even ski <laughs> today. Like, I feel like that's what we're doing right now. Literally. We should, we should do that instead. We should go ice climbing instead. There's this amazing <laughs> ice. What is it? An ice wall here. It's yeah. probably about 40 feet high. Ice and climbing. Ice climbing. You can use the picks and whatever. We might have to do that instead and just um, <laughs> take the spontaneous way. True. So, but reading Codependency No More, I think like, I don't know if there's a pivotal time so much for me as much as I think it's about more so when I became aware of this a pivotal time we're gonna have to get Deidre some eggnog here she's getting a little bit out of control which is a good thing this is an emotional clearing I'm holding an amethyst crystal which I'm gonna give to her that's what friends do for each other so thanks for passing the crystal over yeah you're welcome Okay. I'm here to listen. Yeah. But maybe I should now in <laughs> retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have passed that crystal over and I should have let you take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm confused these days, but um, we'll leave the crystal in the middle and maybe we'll fight for it later on after this amethyst. episode. Yeah. The amethyst. Yeah. But it's a beautiful looking crystal. So um, when I started reading Codependency No More and studying up on that, because how do I say it? It's just like, being a sensitive person myself, I care about other people and I want to help and I want to support. Mm-hmm. But kind of like what you mentioned is that it's easy to get too far in the extreme sometimes where mm-hmm. maybe that caring, that wanting to support, even nurture goes to an extreme where then you like forget about your own needs. And that's been the big one for me is realizing that sometimes if you overextend, you might actually be giving up yourself and what you actually want. And forgetting. So for me, it hasn't there. I don't think there's been a, like a a pivotal time as much as becoming aware of this stuff and then looking at every different opportunity and situation that comes up and first a feeling what I feel. So I know what's true and what's authentic to James Mm -hmm. and then being able to communicate that to others or even myself so that I know, Hey, this is where I stand and getting clear on that. Because if you don't, and that's why it's so important. I think we all understand how to feel our feelings without getting too cliche or whatever, because if you don't know how you feel, then you're not going to communicate to others. What's actually true for you. 
And then you'll probably get into a codependent situation because you'll be like, well, what are they feeling? Or what do I need to do to make them feel better? Mm -hmm. And you totally neglect yourself. And it's all about the other person, which sounds really great, noble and whatever, but actually it's doing a disservice to both people. And so for me, it's, it's about that situation where like I, um, just getting more clear myself and then learning how to communicate that to others and realizing that it doesn't mean anything about them and whatever. And it's just led to a lot, a lot more of like healthy relationships. And I feel a lot better about it as well, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that's, that's really what I've been, one of the things I've been working on and focusing on. And it's, and it's easier said than done, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but that's, that's something I think we can all practice is before responding to a situation or somebody first get really clear about what you are and know that you're not out of line or being mean or rude or anything. If you communicate something that doesn't necessarily agree with everybody else. Yeah. And this is beautiful. We've talked a lot about relationships lately and, and really honoring yourself and where you're at in in all of the stuff, especially in this work, right? When you're really showing up for yourself and you're noticing the imperfections and like one of the rules that I've made rules, I don't like rules, but I made a rule for myself that you, everyone's like, D really, do you really need to have these many rules? But yeah, I was like, I'm going to be single for a year because Mm -hmm. I've always been in a relationship. I was married. I was with someone for eight years and then basically in a relationship again after that. And then, you know, this is the longest I've been single in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's been such an amazing opportunity to, as someone who has been a people pleaser, is an empath, all of the things and used to put other people's needs before my own. It's really given me the space and time to learn what is it that I need? What is it that I want? What is, what is it that's important to me? Because in the past through like childhood and the relationships I was in, I constantly gave my power away and there was nothing wrong with the the people I was in a relationship with. They're wonderful, but I, I wasn't, I didn't have enough time to do the inner uh, reflecting and really showing up for myself and giving myself what I needed um, in order to know what I needed. So I would constantly give that away to the partners that I was with and be like, Oh yeah, you want to do this? Let's do this. And then I found myself not feeling fully satisfied or happy or complete with whatever we were committing our time and energy to. And that was, has been the biggest game changer for me is being single and having that time to go inwards because being in a relationship, so much work can be done in a relationship as everything is such a mirror. And biggest gift I've given myself is making that rule of, I want to be single for a year. And that's where I've really noticed a lot of my own patterns of in the past where I thought I was maybe supporting people and helping them. I actually was doing them a disservice. And because I am in the space of healing, development, coaching, and mentorship, you know, it's what I do for a living. But what about the people I was supporting and helping that were not my clients? It's like, oh my gosh, I did them such a massive disservice. And I, in a way, in a way, when we go and we extend ourselves to support other people and it hasn't been asked for, even if it has been asked for, but maybe it's overextending, we aren't giving them permission to figure things out on their own. And a big thing that I've been practicing lately is this space of self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, forgiving myself for all of the mistakes that I've made 
and also really understanding how everything is working for me all of the time. Everything is working for us all the time. All the chaos, all the tornadoes, all the things, all of the imperfections, all of the people who are the reflections of the things that we haven't worked out, whether it's in relationships, betrayal, whatever it is that arises, rejection, whatever. And it's just, it's such a gift. So for me, as I complete 2019, I'm really focusing and and I've been personally struggling with this is I'm the kind of person like you in some ways, and we're very different, which is so fun, but I like to know where I'm going and and I like to have goals for the new year. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I had this download of the next three years of my life, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, as we come to the end of the year, the last two months, I've been doing so much internal navigating of these fine tuned pieces that, you know, were in the tornado before, but I didn't see them because I was dealing with the bigger obstacles, the bigger challenges, the bigger, like thing, the pieces of shit that were in my face that I was faced with. I'm like, Oh, this doesn't feel congruent. Oh. And, and then being like, I'm not perfect and that's okay. And I need to forgive myself because forgiving ourselves for how we've showed up in our life is the gateway to forgive everyone. Because if we cannot forgive ourselves, we cannot forgive anyone else. So that's in my biggest work this year and is at the end of the year. And also giving myself permission to not have it all figured out for 2020 and being like, you know what? It's about feeling all the stuff, being okay with it and forgiving myself and others and, and making things right with people that I've had maybe you know, conflict with where I'm like, Oh, I actually was in the wrong, like not looking at how other people have showed up in maybe a negative way, but instead going out of my way to say, Hey, I didn't show up a hundred percent here. Fuck what you did. We don't even have to talk about that, but I want to acknowledge and forgive myself. So by doing that, I need to forgive everyone else. And that's been my biggest work at the end of 2019. Like, wow, it's been potent. Mm -hmm. It's been intense. And yeah, like forgiveness. It's a big topic. I 100% agree. It makes me think about something. Wanna wanna little short exercise that you can do, and anybody listening as well for that. And I might be pronouncing this wrong, but it's something called like the Hopa Ono. Oh, the, yeah, I've heard of it. I forgive yeah. myself. I, yeah, I've done that before. But I also think it's directed to other people. Like, yes. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. And I think it was this tribe that did this. And you can just say it over and over and over and over and over again to the person that you're, you know, trying to get forgiveness from or to forgive yourself from, you know, this type of thing. And when you do that, it just, I think it creates a really good energy. So it's interesting. It's something I've been, I've been looking at as well, where you then can like fill up somebody else with this light and love and then you can forgive and and move on. So Mm. yeah, I think that's what it is. We'll have to check, but I think it's like, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Those four words, it's simple. And it's just, you keep saying it and you can say it with different tones and inflections and the person doesn't even have to be there. You just like say it. So something that comes up. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's been the biggest work that I've been personally stepping into at the end of 2019 as a lot of feelings, a lot of things have mm-hmm. come up and it's not from a place of, 
oh, I'm a bad person, but like anything that feels slightly like incongruent in my life that I've looked at and and anyone who's listening, you can do this too. If it feels aligned for you is anyone who you feel has been out of integrity with you. Mm -hmm. How have you been out of integrity with them? And that's Mm -hmm. where I've been going and forgiving myself around that. And right away, it dissolves any feelings of you know, any, any feeling that doesn't feel quite right in my life. And it's, it's really a beautiful way to clear karma Mm -hmm. because when we carry these old feelings in our life forward and we don't clear the karma in them, whether it's through Mm -hmm. this meditation of through the heart, like the Hopono forgiveness, I forget the name of it. Yeah. Hopono, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's physically going to the people and just saying, Hey, you know, forget what happened, but this is how I showed up and I can show it better. Or maybe it's writing a letter and burning it Mm -hmm. or through ceremony or whatever it is, we're able to clear the karma for the new decade in our life. But when we're holding on to any kind of resistance, blame, shame, or anything that is a trigger regards to how other people have showed up for us, it shows up in our energy field and it blocks us from abundance. It, 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 block, it blocks us from joy. It blocks us from connection. It blocks us from really showing up mm-hmm. as who we really are. So for me, the more, and I've done a lot of this work in the past and supported people, but I'm really diving deeper and I'm like, wow, this is, this is the key for everything yeah. of manifestation. You need to forgive yeah. and, and dissolve to clear your karmic patterns so you can move forward. And this, this can do with money. This can do with relationships. This can do with anything in your life where you've shown up. And you're like, wow, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. And, and how do you want to show up differently moving forward? And then that is the path. And so for you, James, um, if you were to give like a piece of advice or something that you're currently working through or has been your pillar or your word for the end of 2019, what would that be? Mine's forgiveness. For the end of 2019 or for yeah. like 2000. Anything that you want to share to wrap up our, our, you know, tornado and roller coaster of a conversation that has gone in like a thousand different directions. I'd like to summon an earthquake. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. <laughs> we can keep this party going, make it real uncomfortable. But, um, no. <laughs> what was the question? I got distracted there by this. This is this, this stone. And that's where I thought about it. this is, this is the remnants of our earthquake. So anyways, where are we going with this? What was the last? So if you were to give like a piece of advice or even something that really has represented 2019 to 2020, 2020, um, moving forward for the listeners, what would it be? Anything you want to share? Yeah, totally. Okay. I think for me, a big thing is kindness Mm. and kindness and what, what, what else? Let me, let me feel into this and think about it. It's like kindness and really supporting others with what it is you're doing and not in like a codependent way, but like for me, I'm realizing like, as you know, since I've shared some of my story on this episode here and whatnot, like for so long, I was focused on me and my goals and, and the achievements I needed to have. And at the end of the day, like I did all the things, I checked all the boxes, had more success than I ever dreamed was possible. And it's empty. And I realized that at the end of the day, it's because those are material, external things. And those are always going to be there, but they're never going to lead to like nourishment and fulfillment. And so for me, what I've realized is that the more I focus my energy and activity and the things I'm doing and being aligned with serving, supporting others in a kind and caring and all this sort of different way, 
the more good happens in other people's lives and the more good happens in my lives and the better I feel. And so it's not to say that I'm like, you know, quitting my business and moving to Nepal and going to like, you might. know, <laughs> yeah, I, I might. Yeah. We'll, we'll do this episode next year. I'll be in Nepal. We'll have to Skype in or something like that. Actually, there's probably no internet there, so we won't do that. But it's like having this different mindset and that's come from a culmination of everything we've talked about here from the codependence to the facing your feelings to the being vulnerable to the forgiveness, like all those things in myself and others to get to that point where I can just relax and be who I really am, which is somebody who naturally, genuinely just wants to support, care and do kind things and be happy and help others be happy. And we all sort of win. It's like the rising tide floats all boats. And I think that's it. And one of my favorite quotes, which I'll, I'll end here is that summarizes this is by Zig Ziglar, which is if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And I think a lot of the times in myself, like when I was just getting started, it was all just about what I wanted. It was all and like, sure, I got some things, but it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't what I really wanted. And so by having this focus and focusing on kindness and caring about others and like really being aligned with that and you can help other people do amazing things and watching them grow and get great achievements in their life, you're ultimately at the end of the day going to get everything you want and you're going to feel really good about it. And that's really what I'm, what I'm focused on in 2020. So beautiful. I love it. So thanks for being here, James. (sighs) It's always fun to have a friend on the show to jam about all things that are going on in life in this present moment in time. I hope you love the episode on baggage, surrender, self-forgiveness, letting go of the past and everything in between. I personally absolutely loved re-listening to this episode and realizing how relevant this conversation is right now with so much going on in the world and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Radically Aligned Show. We love our community and we love that you're here spending time with us and we want to hear from you. What has been your biggest insight, win or aha or moment during this episode? We'd love to have you join the community. So come on over to Facebook. We have a Facebook community for the Radically Aligned community and we'd love to hear what you're up to, what your stories are, what's resonating and what you want more of. And if you haven't already, go ahead and click subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes that drop every Thursday. And if you love the show, you love the content, please go ahead and leave a review. It would mean so much to us. Have an amazing day. Sending you lots of love. Mwah.